Hello, this is Paul F. Tompkins, the famous comedian. You seem to have found yourself at showbizmonkeys.com. Sorry to blow your mind. Around this town, I'm alright. Around this town, I'm alright. I mean, no consequence when you're playing with the fire. J.D. Renault with showbizmonkeys.com, and I'm talking to John Wing. John, how are you this morning? Hi, Jackie J.D. All right, and I am calling you in uh, California currently, am I not? That is correct. How is it over there? Oh, uh, well, kind of icky, um, but even an icky day in California, I would guess, uh, surpasses a Winnipeg in March day. Uh, that's probably not debatable. I will concede to you on that that you're probably true. Okay. It's been it's been a little cool of late. Uh, temperatures in the uh, the 50s and uh, dropping into the low 40s and high 30s at night. So uh, kind of cold for us. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well. All right. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll forgive me if you're not going to get much of my sympathy right now, but uh, <laughs> you'll. Uh, right. I'm, I'm sure you'll endure, and I'm sure you'll find a way through. You are returning to the Winnipeg Comedy Festival again. Uh, oh my God! Really? That's yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> no. But you're uh, yeah. you're coming back once again, and uh, I'm sure that you uh, you have at least somewhat of an affinity for the city for the number of times you've come back to the festival. Oh, well, I love the city, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, beyond uh, the city itself, and of course performing uh, in the city, uh, a lot of the comedians I've talked to who've come back to this festival, or who do the festival circuit, either Winnipeg, Montreal, Halifax, what have you, uh, a lot of them also use it as an excuse to just see their friends once again. Comedians are kind of nomadic creatures by trade, and sometimes it's the only time they ever get to see people they haven't seen in a long time, or even see friends there's performed for the first time in a long time. Uh, is that uh, a reason that you do uh, Winnipeg as often as you do, or festivals as often as you do? Oh, uh, well, I like doing festivals. I like doing Winnipeg. I'm lucky that I get to do a lot of them. It's a reason I like doing it, uh, but it's not a reason I get to do it. Uh, you know, yeah. But yeah, it's always fun to see people, meet new people, see old friends. And since uh, the majority of the guys I used to work with um, don't work the same circuit I do anymore, uh, very few of them work cruise ships, I never see them. So, um, so yeah, uh, and I like everybody who runs the festival, too. So, but it's... But you're right about the, the, the nomadic part of the life. It, you don't see people for years. But the cool thing is you can see someone and start a conversation again as though it never stopped eight years ago. I see, I see those conversations happen a lot. Usually throughout the festivals, it's someone's resuming a conversation from the mid-90s and it's if nothing has changed. Uh, do you... Uh, when you're working cruise ships or you're you're sort of on the road and you've... You sort of bonded with people over a weekend sometimes, and you have to see them just one weekend every couple of years. Uh, it's a different profession like that, and uh, the you you keep you keep friendships close to the vest in, in in comedy in a way. Do you feel like there's there's sort of an unspoken connection between comedians in that way that uh, we're all sort of part of a profession that, that very few other people can carry the conversations we kind of carry a lot of the time. 
yeah, sure. The, a colleague is a colleague. The, the, the idea is it's unspoken because um, if you don't do it, if you don't do stand-up comedy, if you've never done it, I can't share with you what it's like to do it. However, if you do do it, um, then you immediately know what I what I go through, and I know what you go through. So we have a bond immediately if you do it. And if you don't, there's a place we can never go. And so most people I meet uh, have no idea, uh, can, cannot share that with me, but comedians can. So yeah, absolutely, there's a, an affinity in that way. I've uh, I've actually read uh, your your book, your autobiography. Uh, Where it like goes on, go uh, get off, and uh, that that was uh, something I definitely took away from it was almost an attempt to explain that lifestyle uh, and that way of life to someone who maybe doesn't have any idea of uh, you know constantly on the road, constantly working on a craft of sorts. And uh, you were quoted once as saying that you don't believe that stand-up is an art. It's more of a craft. It's something you can cultivate over time and, and feel a connection to, to that with people. Right. I, I have arguments about that with other comedians, but it's true. I don't believe it is an art. I think you can approach art in performance occasionally, but the actual skill itself is, is skill, is craft, yes. I agree. Technique. Do you feel then uh, that uh, it's fair to judge comedians on a different level then? Uh, you can sort of claim the validity of one artist over another, and even that can be debatable, but a craftsman can sort of be, I've performed my task, I have done I have done my work, I am as good as I... Do you feel that there's a possibility you will get as good as you ever can be and never get better, or that, that some comedians can surpass it? Ah, that's a very good question. Um, well... The problem is um, there is a, there is that subjective quality to it as well. The, the idea, one, I think, one of the things I said about art was um, an artist can do something that is widely interpreted, and a comedian cannot. Uh, if if I do a joke that is interpreted differently by a lot of different people in the audience, it's not going to get the laugh. I need a joke that is interpreted exactly the same simultaneously by everyone so uh that's but but the uh, how good the comedian is it doesn't it doesn't necessarily um well that's a good question isn't it the, the craft part uh, well okay there are guys i don't think are funny i don't find funny certain comedians they just don't turn my crank but the audience wow does the audience ever think they're funny so they're funny. The fact that I don't think so is irrelevant. You know what I mean? It's all about the sound. So uh, how good someone is or how how good they can get, uh, yeah, that's a very good question. I'm, I'm, have, I'm struggling with it. Well, no, it was, uh, when, I, when I heard that statement, I, I agreed with it, and I also, it, it had me thinking just as much as... Uh, you want to you want to improve. You want to be appreciated, and, and yes, you want everyone to take away the same feeling every time. Right, right, and, and but improving is very important. Uh, even though, even if you improve incrementally, as you tend to do after a long period, the the, the improvements are uh, are not as obvious anymore. Uh, they take longer to notice, but you do want to improve. It's that's a huge thing. Uh, 
at this age especially, <laughs> get better. Do you, uh, to, uh, to feel improvement, do you feel you get that satisfaction? Uh, I, feel, I feel like early on you feel like you get that satisfaction through, you know, just bigger crowds, more laughter, maybe more recognition, more work. What's what are your benchmarks for improvement now? Are they more in uh, more they more internalized? Do you feel them yourself? Do you feel like I've achieved something that I didn't think I would ever get to do, or that I I now ha- don't have this hang up I don't have anymore? I don't I don't uh, no I you don't try not to look too much at achievement because that slows you down. Um, well, okay, the other day uh, I was sitting I was driving from um, Toronto to Sarnia, which is two and a half hours. But an hour into the drive outside of Woodstock, I stopped at a Tim Hortons, and I was standing outside this Tim Hortons uh, with my coffee, about to get back in my car, and I was thinking about something I was doing in the show, and a line occurred to me, and it was, and I realized, oh, that's a song line. That should be a song. So I turned off the iPod in the car and uh, drove the final 90 minutes without sound, so I could write this song in my head. And I wrote, uh, what, four verses and two choruses. And then I got home and I wrote it down. And you got to write it memorizing it, right? You're memorizing it as you write it. So you're constantly repeating it. And uh, then I wrote it, wrote it down when I got home. And then I went and, fin- and I finished it, finished the lyric at home at my parents' house. And um, then I uh, sat down with the guitar and wrote music for it. And then I played it for my daughter, a couple of days later, three days later, I was home here, and I played it for my daughter, and she said, uh, it's too long. <laughs> um, it's too long. You need to cut something. And I and I cut something, and I was rehearsing it yesterday, and it uh, it's better now that she did that. But uh, I wrote a song, a full comedy song, which are really hard to write. It can take, can take a year to get right. Uh, I wrote one in, what, three hours. That was... Uh, I wrote a draft anyway with music in three hours, which showed me that I can still write it. I can still bring it if I have to. Uh, and I had no, and I wasn't uh, bothered by deadline. I wasn't, although deadline is a huge, uh, huge factor for me. Uh, I need deadlines to work, but in this case, it was just one of those things. So uh, I get great pleasure out of that, and I will get even more pleasure. I hope, I trust when I play the song for an audience for the first time because I think it's funny. So uh, if they don't agree, I will be devastated. (laughs) Devastated. I will be devastated. Three hours of very hard work, at least in the the formation process. They better appreciate this. Well, but again, and again, because I, that is also a craft, writing a song, because there is a formula to it. There is there there are aspects of it that you need to understand and uh, and because I've written a few a lot over the years I, that part well once I settle in I'm also writing a lot lately and if you have a good idea and you're in practice the good idea can become a good piece if you have a good idea and you're, you're you've been lazy then it might not so it's uh, you know I've been lucky I've been writing a lot so. Uh, you mentioned uh, d- you mentioned deadlines that you're you're unable to work without deadlines. Uh, I'm not unable to work, but I find them enormously useful. An assignment with a deadline is is uh, uh, is just incredibly good for me. Always has been. 
in uh, in the the world of stand up or necessarily unless you really have maybe uh, a larger show or perhaps a, a televised you know set or something of that sort. Uh, how do you give yourself a deadline? Do you have a, a certain amount of material you wish to have done, or certain bits or things you want well, to attack? Well, a comedy festival is often a deadline. Uh, this year, I'm not doing a gala in Winnipeg. One of the only the second. I think it's only the second time I've ever not done a gala. Um, so I have no assignment to write a gala set with a topic. However, I'm doing two debaters. You are. So I have a deadline of March 27th for drafts, uh, uh, 450-word drafts, 300-word opening, 150-word closing on two topics, which I need to, uh, I haven't started yet, but but I I was noticing it the other day. That's my deadline for that, and uh, I'm going on a ship next week, so you better damn well get those drafts out while you're on the ship, while you have free time. So, and then I have Halifax, I'm doing the Comedy Festival, and that's two seven, I, I like seven, so two seven-minute sets that have never been on television before. Uh, one is almost finished, and the other is, I'd say, two-thirds finished, with the song, actually. The song is going to close the second set. So I still have to work on those, and that deadline is April twenty. 20- fourth fifth like that and then i'm writing a book that's going to be edited the manuscript to be edited by a university class uh, in, a, in a program a friend of mine runs in ontario and uh, uh i'm i'm my deadline there is august 15th and i want to i want 100 pages on this book and i have 75 i printed out the latest version of it yesterday so i have 25 to go, so maybe fifteen or twenty pieces, maybe we'll fill it out. I want to give them a lot of pages so they can cut a bunch of them. <laughs> so that all that plus, I get uh, notifications from uh, uh, definitely not the opera weekly. If I want to put, if I want to do a story for them, uh, I have to pitch it. But I get their their topic notifications, so I'm I'm awash at the moment in assignment. Which is the best thing? The best thing for me, absolutely. Nothing keeps me working like like a deadline. Uh, I wanted to touch on something. I uh, recently uh, listened to your episode of uh, the Mental Illness Happy Hour uh, with Paul Gilmartin. Oh my goodness! Did you? Uh, did you indeed? Well, <laughs> that wasn't for you, my young man. Uh, it's a fascinating show. If uh, people haven't heard it, it's uh, it's very engaging, and it, it deals with uh, well, obviously mental illness. Uh, Paul's an amazing host and opens himself up very much, and gets his guests to as well too. Uh, I won't you know dig into too much about what uh, you went to on there. I'd encourage people to listen to it themselves. But basically, surmising it, uh, he gets comedians on a lot to just talk about their you know various forms of mental illness and all that. And really trying to find a way to, I, I, I took away from yours and a lot of other people's, uh, the effort and the struggle to try and make mental illness and your own problems uh, almost, I wouldn't say palatable on stage, but at least translatable. That if we're dealing with these, that if you're dealing with mental illness, this is your craft, this is what you express yourself with, you can do it. Uh, you're very open about it. How is dealing with you know, your mental illness and just any of your personal baggage on stage, 
has it helped a the problems themselves and b uh your comedy has it improved your openness on stage that's i'm not sure how it's helped uh well in order to do do comedy you have to be in order to want to do it to feel the need to do it your insecurity level has to be extraordinarily high uh people say i'm too insecure to do stand-up and i always say well no you're not insecure enough actually you need to be a lot more insecure to do it to get gratification from total strangers as a writer everything i do is fodder everything i know is fodder everything that's happened to me is fodder uh and everything i can think of is fodder so uh Putting your putting your stuff on on stage is not a problem. If if this helps, I don't know if it does, but I was reminded of this. Uh, my daughter, uh, four or five years ago, read a poetry book of mine or was looking at it, and she came across a poem. I have two daughters, um, and she came across a poem that discussed how much I wanted a son, <laughs> and uh, she uh, she went to her mother and said, pointed this poem out and, and showed it to her and said, how could he write this knowing I would read it one day? And my wife said, if he thought that ever, he would never write anything. If it ever bothered him that somebody would read what he wrote, you know, somebody would, in, would, would be disappointed by what he wrote or be offended or whatever, he would never write anything. So that never occurs to him. And... Uh, I was always told by people, including my parents, that I really should shut up, and I really should uh, should uh, not talk so much about things. Uh, but I disagreed, and uh, I'm fascinated by the why of things, and I bring that up every I bring that up every day. I bring it on stage every day. Every time I perform, I'm I'm talking about why is this? Why is this? I'm trying to do it in a funny way, and I'm embellishing it to a degree. But I'm I'm always talking about why is this, and when you're when you have an illness like, I mean my 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 mental mental illnesses by comparison to uh, a lot of other performers, mine are fairly mild I would say. But uh, but still, you want to talk about it. You want to get it out there every day and try and figure out what the hell's going on with it. It's self therapy in a weird way. Well, thank you very very much. Uh for uh, talking to me uh, and to just reiterate the shows that you are doing in the festival so we've got that down You're doing the uh, gastronomique the fundraiser uh, the comedy aces gala or not gala pardon me uh, at the McPhillips uh, station casino the lawyer walks up to a bar fundraiser and of course as you mentioned two uh, recordings of CBC's the debaters on Sunday and Saturday April 14th and 13th uh, John uh, do you think this went well uh, gee, I probably not. I would say no. <laughs> well, twenty minutes. I, I guess, I guess we can call this a write-off. But whatever. <laughs> I hope it went all right. Guys. It went, it went amazing. Thank you, thank you very much for your time, John. My pleasure. Showbizmonkeys.com.